Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. One time I was, I think I was nine years old in a Russian church uh, when dad was pastoring. We leased here. And so, and Pastor Mark, right around that corner, said, you mighty man of God until this day. I remember that. Yeah, Mamrazina even went and carved out a Bible cover for me. It says, mighty man of God, just to remind me of that moment. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, God, for all your goodness. Hallelujah. So in the church, thank you. Me and Larissa last week, we went to Washington, Vancouver, Washington, it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, I can't put value to that. Not only that, I mean, it was really, um, it was something heavy, you know, um, because it was very good, and I'll explain why. We got to shadow um, these incredible people. The church called Hungry Generation. So they're not a ministry. They're a church in Pasco, Washington, uh, in Tri-Cities area, eastern Washington. And, um, but... Even though they're a small church, but, I mean, but they're growing because of their love for the Lord. And um, not only that, just the church is fully functioning in the way, meaning like people get delivered. People get set free from all sorts of things. And, um, and they really spearhead deliverance ministry, I would say, um, in the United States. Um, it's really, uh, it was just incredible that not only that, I got to connect with the pastor a lot more closer. We're same age together, and uh, their church is growing. They just moved into three services, and they, uh, his name is Vlad Savchuk. He's a, a Ukrainian by descent, but uh, so when he preaches, he has this heavier accent, so more intimidating. Maybe that's why people receive the Lord a lot more quicker, <laughs> because it's, <laughs> do you receive Jesus? Yes, I, I will receive Jesus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the scripture tells that we should save certain people through fear. It's in the Bible. I mean, <laughs> um, but anyways, it was just so awesome. And if you actually, they cover so many variety of uh, subjects that a lot of churches don't nowadays don't talk about, and they have a really good outreach through media, and um, not only just nationally, but now globally. You know, and the things and the testimonies we got to hear. You know, hundreds of testimonies that they have. I mean, we didn't hear a lot of them, but they are always available online as well. And so I got to meet him. Well, this friendship with Pastor Vlad started after my trip to Armenia. And so, and it was just a blessing to see that, you know, develop into a, a strong friendship. Um, anyways, the conference was called Race to Deliver. Um, and it was really profound. It's so amazing to see people get set free. Um, a lot of times, and I, you know, the subject that I'm touching on, you might not be comfortable hearing, or maybe you just haven't heard it much about it. Because the reality is this, if you're reading through the scripture, right, Jesus, wherever he went, he was healing the blind, he was delivering people, he was setting people free, you know. Uh, demons, demons manifested, and he casted them out. But for some reason, the church have been always afraid of that area, because it's work, you know. To help people get set free, to when they people open up and realize where they opened up the doors for the enemy, and how the enemy just made his way in, and then uh, had full authority to be in that house, meaning in your temple, in your in your in your in your body, meaning in your your being. So, anyways, and um, 
the interesting thing is this time around, I mean, if, you, if you're a prayer warrior, I mean, I've experienced this whole month especially. Um, but if you're a prayer regular or, you know, intercessor and things like that, um, and that's just not just me. And I mean, I've talked with so many different intercessors all across, you know, from different states that I got to meet as well. Uh, month of October is especially heavy because there's so much demonic activity. Um, I got to hear also one of the former Satanists talk about what happens around the month of October and especially what happens in, the, um, in Halloween on the 31st, that uh, this is where the spiritual level, you know, of just demonic forces are out there. And, um, and they're out there, you know, striking people, hurting people. Um, in ways that we can't even express. But I got to see that, you know. I got to see people get set free. And it's such a beautiful thing because we're thinking like, man, person is great. Person can be in church and things like that. But they're struggling, you know. They're struggling inside. And they cannot overcome something because there's a stronghold that is holding them. And they cannot be set free. So every year, you know, people ask me, like, why don't you celebrate Halloween? And I thought... <clears throat> You know, well, I'll, I'll have, this is a perfect time to reflect because I'm transparent with my church, you know. Um, and uh, I, can, I guess this is a perfect time to share about it because every year, you know, I'm more and more reassured more than ever before. During this conference, when you see um, the souls that torment these peoples, you know, the same spirits that are celebrated around Halloween, you talk to... I mean, I'm talking to people that are became ministers and they're former witches, you know, things like that. And they talk about what happens around the Halloween and how people open up little doors and stuff like that. And they celebrate the fact that Christians get in on it because they'll say, well, at least once a year, uh, Satan rejoices because he tries to find a way. And then just, you know, the things that happens in the, you know, and then the children start seeing nightmares and things like that. Like you can't even go on YouTube without, you know seeing some kind of ridiculously scary things and the kids are, you know, just from a glimpse of it. So that's why early on in my, uh, in my, in my marriage, in my family, I, I told Larissa, like, I made a decision, you know, we're, we're going to keep our kids as much as we can away from what we can do. Remember how I say you do your best, God does the rest. And so to keep that from the darkness, because we don't dabble with the darkness, because the moment you open up a little crack for the Satan and he will take a mile. I mean, he will use every opportunity again to just distort your truth. And so this is a perfect opportunity because over the past few months we were talking about how people build their own truths, their beliefs, right? And that could be very deadly and what can cause them later on to have strongholds uh, in life. And they're like, well, no, 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 this is my truth. This is what I believe in, but they don't understand, but that's what's keeping them bound. And then uh, last time I shared, I was talking about that's what causes barriers to our blessings for God. God wants us to live a free life from any kind of, you know, demonic powers, from any kind of addictions or strongholds. So I'm going to talk a little bit more on a heavier subject, but there's a reason why I believe God is uh, prompting my heart. Not only that, I feel there's a burning sensation from all across the leaders and pastors in the church that are saying, God is rising up an army. We are living in a very demonic world. Yes, just as much as we see this physical aspect, there's a spiritual realm that is behind us. And uh, behind every little thing that you see, behind every person who's spewing hate, there's an evil spirit that is operating behind that. And when we are awoke, <laughs> when we are truly woke in the spirit of God, God gives us insights to things 
And all of a sudden we start seeing why people struggle with certain things. When you start talking to them and opening up and they open up their heart before you. And I said, well, I just did this little thing when I was younger, you know. And you're thinking, and immediately the Holy Spirit, well, this is it. You know, this is where they allow the saint to come in. And so it's sad, you know, because you see people, not everybody's, you know, uh, got raised in a healthy, amazing Christian family. Um, but, you know, some of these children that grew up, they grew up, you know, I, we've heard some testimonies like girl that was, um, you know, since she was little, you know, her grandma was a witch and she would, you know, put little spells and she put little needles on her backpack, things like that. And she, she grew up, she continuously, you know, had all sorts of different continuous issues. Every relationship she had was broken, it was bad, and she kept running from bad relationship to bad relationship. And until, but her grandma told her about it. You know, one time when she went back to her memory when she was with the prayer counselor, and she was like, hey, um, what is this grandma like, you know, this little needle or whatever? And, and she's like, well, you know, this is what I do. I, I, so that you were protected from evil spirits. Um, <laughs> and then she just said about that. And then, so, and then they started praying. And that's when, you know, we re they realized that was the root. That's where it started. But... God is, what God is doing is preparing an army. And I believe that every believer, every one of us who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we have the full authority. We're singing so many songs about like we have the authority Jesus has given us, amen, to step on any works of darkness, to overcome things. And, you know, for the longest time, church has, I would say, in the modern day, because we got so comfortable, we got, we got comfortable and we we're not pushing it harder in our faith with the Lord. It's interesting because we say, people, oh, I don't have prayer. I don't have time for prayer. But then as soon as you get in the accident, right, all of a sudden you find prayer. Like, or as soon as things just get really heavy in your life or somebody dies, you immediately turn to God because that's the key. That is the peace where you receive the peace that transcends all understanding, right, before God. So anyways, I do believe we're in a season of preparations for good things because God wants to save all those people around us. Nowadays, I'm telling you, when you're walking around the store, if somebody cuts you off or somebody, you know, flips you off or something, whatever it may be, I really feel sorry for them. I have so much love for them. And I say, God, I wish they come to know you. And God wants us to have that hunger wherever we go that we don't just sit there with our arms crossed and saying, like, that person is suffering. Like, if you live down KGB, you know, it's enough to go to the gas station. And, uh, you know, how they say, you know, somebody lives down KGB, how they look or, you know. Or in the evening, you know, if you want to go to Walmart. You know, you know, it's funny. Yeah, there's jokes a lot about it. But I think God is challenging his church saying, hey, I want these broken people to come to know me. I'm telling you, when I heard some of these testimonies, you were thinking like, man, there's no way that person can receive Jesus and freedom. You know, when you look at their life and how it started, you know, nothing but drug abuse. I mean, drug um, activity in the house, you know, uh, this kid. You know, this girl saying, like, when I was little, you know, there was packets of just drugs all around. And parents were just putting it together, selling it. They're continuously different people coming through the house. Can you imagine, just for a moment, you know, what did that child do to deserve that? And they grew up in such a difficult environment. 
So I believe that what God is doing, he wants our heart to be broken for the people of this world. And he wants to rise up something within you. Some kind of a passion saying, God, I'm not going to just sit there and just go only to church on Sunday. Sunday is our really a prep rally. Our ministry is 99% out there in the world. What we're doing to impact our community, what we're doing to impact our neighbors. You know, first thing that God challenged me is he said, what are you doing with your circle of friends, your circle of influence that you have, people that you went to school with, or maybe people that you, you know, encountered? And I said, I'm not doing anything. This was a couple of years back. I was like, well, why don't you reach out to them? Why don't you spend time with them? You know, because they don't know the truth. You know, I'm thinking, I don't want to end up, you know, before the Lord and, and saying, God, I was like, well, you had an opportunity to tell them something, just show them love of Christ do this, invite him over. Yes, their lives were broken. It's not easy to listen to people tell all sorts of difficult situations, their stories. But they needed that. So if the Holy Spirit is prompting you, and it's very important as a believer, you walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you sense that. There's moments where you're, you, let me just say this. The more you practice hearing, it's just like, you know, in children, They'll recognize their mom's or dad's voice from distance. Or parents, vice versa, will, re, uh, will hear their child's cry immediately, right? So what happens is because their, their voice is trained to hear their parents' voice. So same thing happens. The more we get closer to God, the more we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, the more we are in tune and the more the greater impact we have. Meaning God is like, hey, go do this for someone. Why don't you go and say, hey, can I pray for you? Why don't you invite him over, you know? And so that's the power of the Holy Spirit that is working within us. And, and this is happening right now, what I believe is because every one of you that is here is not a coincidence. God has a huge plan. And not only that, God called all of us to minister, okay? The ministry is not, not just being on stage and trying to, you know, talking and stuff like that. This is just, a, you know, a moment where we, we share a scripture. God is leading possibly pastors, you know, uh, ministers in the church to share a word of God. But all of our ministry is out there. Okay? Amen. It was a huge intro. <laughs> we'll, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it long. We'll keep it shorter. But uh, anyways, let me just jump straight into my notes here. And um, what's so interesting, because I want to bring back, because this ties into what I'm going to talk about, you know, because most of these people that shared their testimonies, um, not, not the extreme ones, but a lot of the ones that were delivered people, they said it started with a little bit of something, a little everything. You know, we talked also a few weeks ago, a month ago, that everything is in the little things. It's the little things, you know. Just as the good things are, you know, God is saying like, hey, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you know, you can do huge things, <laughs> okay? And same thing happens with little, of, with, when we, you know, allow ourselves to uh, dabble in darkness or allow ourselves to, you know, get these certain patterns in our life and that becomes strongholds, okay? People think, oh, it's okay, you know, some of these girls were sharing, you know, one of the, one of the girls and the other one was a guy and... And they're like a little bit of chance, you know, a little bit of yoga here and there, a little bit of dream catchers around the house, a little bit of weed, you know. I mean, we're talking about, we're giving doorway to Satan, right? A little bit of card reading psychics. And before they realized they were tormented at night, what started as little, right, became a dependency and a stronghold. And then they realized like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm not addicted and stuff like that. And then before you know, they're like, I can't live without it. 
And so it gives room to the enemy. So over the course of the last couple of months as well, we've went through a lot, you know, of messages that God wants to, us to live a true freedom life, you know, that we should open up every door before him because God wants us to be happy. God doesn't want you to suffer here on earth while you're here on earth, you know? Amen? Yeah. So prophet Hosea, and that's why, you know, when we're talking about things that are, you know, that make you feel uncomfortable, um, know this. <laughs> The truth sets you free, okay? Uh, when we, we briefly, we brought up, I brought up an example of a doctor. When a doctor tells you the truth, you know, like, Vic, take it easy on the donuts. You know, it's, he's saying that because he loves me. He probably, oh, not loves me, because he care, probably cares about my health. As a doctor, that's his profession to make your life last, right? But if he cares, a good doctor will tell you the truth. And that's why I believe the truth is what God is doing that in order for us to enhance or grow in our faith in God, we need to face the reality. We need to face the truth. We need to hear certain things that are not pleasant to hear. It's just like if you get cut and you're putting some of that medicine, you know, at first it stings. It's not comfortable. You know, you'd rather just kind of wrap it and not put any medicine on it. But God is like, hey, I'm doing something with you. I'm preparing. I'm turning you into a soldier. Amen. Look at this serious warning. And this is you know, don't worry, I'm going to give you some good scriptures today too. But Hosea 4, 6, okay? Serious one. It's a prophet Hosea, and he says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge, okay? Uh, uh, when I hear churches sometimes nowadays say, Oh, we don't, we don't talk about that, or we don't talk about that. Church, as believers, you need to be informed about everything that is surrounding you. In military, they train you. You need to be informed. You study the tactics of enemy and things like that. Look at this. Bring up that scripture, Hosea 4, 6. Can we get that up there, girls? Thank you. <laughs> My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priests. Very, I mean, scary but urgent, but God cares for us. That's why he's warning us. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. So God is like, hey, we mean business, but... I'm warning you, okay? So God is warning us. Tough to hear, but God is loving God. That's why, you know, I recently seen some posts. That, um, and it said, Jesus was the most loving person. And yet, there's so many people that were offended at him. Because, you know, he, 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 don't, he didn't just, like, came up and said, I love you and bless you and you're amazing. He told people the truth. He was full of grace and truth, right? He had a lot of love. But he also gave people the truth because only the truth that was setting people free, you know. Um, sometimes, you know, he would cast out a demon. Sometimes he rebuked. I mean, he looked at, you know, think about it, Peter, right? He's like, get away from me, Satan. Because he recognized, it was like, wait a minute, that's not Peter talking. That was Satan talking through him. So <laughs> Jesus, Jesus was rad, <laughs> but he was full of love as well. He was strong, Okay. And so that's why he gives us truth, because he wants us to know everything. He wants us to be aware of the things that are happening around us. That's why Hosea uh, 4.6 gives us that warning. He says, you know, people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. So church, we're going to be informed. We're always going to talk about social things, things that are surrounding us, our education system, whatever it may be. Because when you're prepared, you know how to respond. Because if you go out there and somebody just throws something at you and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't, as a believer, do I talk about this or don't? 
Maybe, you know, we should be able to give a response to anybody that asks us of our faith. Scripture talks about that, all right? So this just says right here, look at this, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 30, uh, 10, 3, verse through 5. So, so 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning they're not physical, okay? But mighty in God for what? For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing. This whole scripture is telling you that this whole world is... We're living in a spiritual realm, okay? Though we walk in the flesh, but we don't fight according to flesh, okay? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing, every high thing, there's higher powers, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Yet again, there's that word knowledge, being informed, right? Um, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought means you are on guard, you're catching your thoughts, and you're like, nope, not from God. So you're, but you got to train yourself, right? <laughs> Just as we, last week we talked about bad patterns, or I mean, patterns that start early, it kind of, they form grooves in your brain. And you, people, that's why people have a hard time getting out of their patterns. But God is preparing us into soldiers, amen? amen. All right. So the closer you get to God, the stronger the resistance but greater the victory, okay? Title of my message today is From Slave to a Soldier. And um, last five weeks, like I said, we talked about our belief systems and the barriers, how they turn into barriers, and how our thoughts can actually mislead us and destroy us, all right? So that's why we should doubt every thought because uh, we have to question, because we have this one mind, we have one computer, <laughs> and, and we have two voices continuously speaking into it. Let's open up John, verse 8, or we can just look at the screen. John 8, verse 31 through 36, and then I'm going to read Luke eleven twenty one. These two passages, I'm going to connect them. So, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had b believed him, If you abide in my word, here it is, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. And then Jesus debunks it, uh, because, you know, they say, How is it that you say, uh, you will become free? Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Truly I say, truly, truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. All right, and here's the key thing. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. All right, Luke eleven twenty one and 22. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own place, his goods are safe. When one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor, which he trusted and divides his spoil. So a stronger man, so there's a strong man that's built his house, and there's a stronger man, okay? And I'm going to bring you an example on what it means. So a stronger man is a demonic entity that attacks a person, okay? But a strong man, the guy who has the house, is the one who builds the stronghold. So a person builds his own house, okay? A stronghold is a mindset. 
uh, or like I said, a pattern of thoughts that are built over time. Uh, that even if you remove the strong man, the person can still be tormented because uh, of the strongholds that a man built. So our thought patterns, our everything, our habits, right? They turn into strongholds. So what Jesus is addressing in John 8, 32, to go back in that, it says freedom on two levels, all right? First, John 8, 36, he says, so if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. But then he also looks at his disciples and says, in verse 31, he says, you must abide in my word, okay? So, We'll start making sense, and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will guide me through this word. <laughs> because knowing God's word will make us free, okay? Um, that's why sometimes as believers, uh, people that are Christian can still live in pain or torment uh, is because their mind has not been renewed yet, okay? Because they're still stacking the pattern like, of the, like doing the same thing, walking around, walking around, doing the same thing. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So, renewal of mind. Um, and God willingly, I'm going to be able to explain to you what that really means today. Because it's, you know, word sounds good. Hey, renewing of the mind. Yeah, Psh, renewing of the mind. But, <laughs> but only God can help us really understand that. So, how does our mind get renewed? Jesus gives a solution. It says, by knowing his truth. All right? It says, you know the truth, truth will set you free. That's how our mind gets renewed, by truth, okay? So we have to understand that behind every stronghold is a lie, and behind freedom is truth, the truth. Um, our renewing of mind can only happen if our mind gets exposed the truth. And like I said, keep in mind that doctor that's giving you advice, right? But um, the truth is what helps us to destroy those lies, those thoughts that people said to you when you were younger, like you're no, you're no good for nothing son or you're a retard. You know, you know what I'm talking about. There have been things that said or, and you still will remember that. So, but the truth, when God's truth comes in and he says who you are in me, that's the truth that will destroy that lie. Amen. So, so what happens is Satan plays, uh, plans strongholds with bricks upon bricks of lies. So, and he will use every circumstance. Um, he will use our failures, you know. He will use what people said about us. He will, you know, use your annoying coworker Ken. I don't know why I said Ken. I apologize. But he will do that to, um, <laughs> to you know, to really get to you. He will use every uh, alley he can or every road he has to get to you. So just so you will not live life freedom, uh, live life full of freedom. So, so what happens is he builds a mindset, right? A stronghold within us that even if you remove the enemy when we receive the Lord, we can still suffer because the mindset that we have built. So that's why it's very important that our mind needs to be renewed. It's, and the thing is, it's not the knowledge of truth that sets you free. So it says the truth will set you free. It's the application, Okay. It's like, uh, truth is like soap. But having soap inside your house doesn't make you clean, right? <laughs> like, or having medicine, and it's like, if, you're, you know, if the doctor prescribed you medicine, having it doesn't, like, or knowing that you have it doesn't make it until you start applying to it, amen? So you start applying it in your life. So the truth uh, of the Bible doesn't make me free. 
until I apply it, until I know it. It says to know. Other translation talks about, and to knowing means to intimately know, to be one with it, okay? That's why Jesus says, abide in my word, okay? So renewing of a mind must happen, and that happens when we renew our thinking about the truth of God's word. Joshua 1.8, this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Pastor Mark talked about it wonderfully last week. Yes, I still listened to it uh, on video. It was amazing. <laughs> so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Okay? This is not just talking about your business. This is talking about God will give you success in overcoming anything that may be thrown at you. Right? It says it's because of meditation on the word of God. Abide in my word. Right? Meditate on it day and night. So, look at this. Um, it's the practice of the Word of God. or in the, When we apply the Word of God, that's what starts transforming us. Ephesians 5.26. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through what? Through the Word. Here's another confirmation that this is where you see the Word of God has power. Today we're going to get excited about reading the Bible. <laughs> we're going to get so condemned. We're like, Lord, I'm going to come read the Bible. You know the cool thing is nowadays we have this, because this is our bread, not in the scripture. But we have now a snack in the pocket. Back in the day you have to carry a Bible. Nowadays you can even do this. Put on the earpiece and turn on the audio and just listen. Start getting that word of God into you. Just see what it starts doing. All of a sudden it's just your thought process and things and all of a sudden before where you would have by certain day of the day you know after you eat and you feel comfortable by now you should have this thought coming to you that will lead you to this pattern that you're used to all of a sudden you're like wait a minute no 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 I don't want to do that I'm just reading the bible that doesn't feel right I shouldn't be doing that right See what I'm saying? So God has ways to make every, all things work together for good but we need to start getting his word into us Okay, uh, I guess you know how they have medicines in pill forms and then there's medicine in liquid forms. I feel like sometimes if you're busy and stuff like that, uh, audio Bible is a, a, it's like in the liquid form sometimes, you know. But just don't get caught in like just dozing off a lot of it. I mean, you, which is good. I'm fine that the word of God puts you to sleep. It's better than that than some ridiculous movie. I don't know. <laughs> His word, uh, which is the truth, right, begins to shift our thinking and we begin to have success, just what this Bible, uh, the scripture just said, right? You will have good success <laughs> through his word. Um, his word, which is the truth, begins to shift our thinking. And um, all of a sudden, we begin to have victories. And these strongholds that have been, you know, plaguing our life for so many years, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, God, I'm, 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 I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Because his word is what is setting us free. I want to use an example, Israel. I bring back Israel all the time. I mean, most of the Old Testament is about Israel. And, um, but when they came out of Egypt, they were free, all right? But in their mind, they were still slaves, all right? So they got, Egypt, they got out of Egypt, but they could not get Egypt out of them, all right? So, because when Pharaoh comes back, like, you know, three days later when they left, like uh, just an abusive boyfriend, if you think about it, right? When all of a sudden they're like, they panicked and they're like, oh, well, you know, we better come back because we can, we can die here. At least we had like cucumbers and nice vegetables and fish. But never mind the fact that I got whooped for it. You know, it's all right. It was worth it. 
You know what I mean? So the, their pattern of thinking was so used to this over the, over the course of so many years, hundreds of years. Like, and Israel's mindset was just stuck in there. And that's why they could not become victors. God is like, I want to be your king. All right, it's time to get out of victimhood, you know, and become soldiers. It's time to become a victor over this thing. Start having a dominion over it. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. So, you can take slave out of a slavery. That's the part that's called deliverance, right? But renewing of mind is when you take slavery out of the slave. Okay, we're on the same page here? Okay. Uh -huh. So God was trying to do that in the wilderness with the Israelites. He wanted to switch them from slave mode to soldier mode. He wanted to break the stronghold that Egypt built, like I said, over the course of many years by exposing them to the truth and saying, look, you are my children. You are my children. You are meant to conquer and defeat and be a victor and not be just sitting there like, oh, always scared and just like, oh, Satan's attacking me. When's the last time you prayed? I don't know. You know, scripture? No. <laughs> God's like, you're a soldier. Wake up. <laughs> and so what happens is, and they died as survivors rather than thriving as soldiers, all right? And so you used to be a slave, but God wants you to make you a soldier. So when, what did the soldiers do in the promised land? They occupied and ruled over it, right? See, you, a slave in Egypt expects a deliverance, but a soldier in the promised land exercises dominion. All right? So God is shifting our mindset from weakness to strength. And he's moving us from slaves to soldiers, from victims to victors. All right? The original intent of God was not for us, uh, not the deliverance, but it was dominion. Look at this. I want to bring up Genesis um, 128. I'll be landing my plane here shortly. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have what? Dominion over the fish in the sea, over the, uh, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on earth. So we were created for dominion. But because, of, uh, because we lost dominion through sin, we were in need of deliverance. All right? So that's why Jesus Christ came and we celebrated his victory today and what his blood has done for us. Amen. That we were liberated and free. But that doesn't stop there. We're like, yeah, we're free. But that doesn't stop there. This is where it begins. This is where it begins. He didn't just come to liberate us. He wanted us to renew our thinking, to start walking in victory. So don't just be an ex-slave or ex-loser, ex-this or ex-that. But a soldier... Okay, that occupies and has dominion over every temptation, over everything that is thrown your way. Amen. I really want to pump you up, guys. I want you to know what God thinks of you. Okay, yes, we were slaves, but God is like, no, you are so amazing. And you don't even realize it because you allowed the enemy to say, hey, I'm going to struggle this. I'm going to until I die, you know, and whatever. This is just part of me and this is just who I am. You know, when people say that to me, it kind of sad because I'm thinking like, well, don't you want to become better? Like if somebody like, you know, like let's just say if somebody is just overeating continuously, you know, um, like you want to, you know, if you think about it, you're just like, I like this is just who I am. Or you, you, that's fine. Or you can become better. You know, this is not just, this is about everything. It's not about weight. 
I'm the first person who is guilty of eating late, <laughs> and I shouldn't be, and I know that, and metabolism is not the same, <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to improve all those things and take those bad habits because back in the day when I was a teenager, I can eat at 3 o'clock at night, I can hang out with my friends, watch movies all night, and eat all through the night and still be, uh, you know, skinny and all this stuff and be fit and everything like that, but it's no longer the same. <laughs> but see, those patterns can get stuck in you, and you bring that into adulthood, and you're like, man, why am I struggling with weight? Well, maybe because you're still in love with the Dorito chips. I am, that's why. <laughs> Dorito Ranch, Blue Ranch, so good. I can eat a bag of that. Like in the, I, stopped, I started breaking that habit, guys. I stopped buying it, and I told Larissa, please do not buy them anymore for me. He's got to stop somewhere. So um, our freedom in Christ, when Jesus gave us victory, that's, that's, not where it's, that's not where it stops. That's where it begins. Amen? Amen? So God wants us to be soldiers who practice dominion, all right, who drives out all enemies from the land. And you become a soldier. So look at this, Romans 5.17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace, the free gift of righteousness. What does it say next? Reign in life. Reign. God wants you to reign in your life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Amen? So be victorious. All right? God wants to break some strongholds today. Uh, you know, this pitiful thinking, the victim thinking, that poor me thinking. Nothing good ever happens to me thinking. That's not what God thinks of you. This is what you allowed the stronghold of thoughts of things that were thrown your way to take away who God made you in him. Amen? So, and that happens with all of us, you know, when we fill ourselves with the truth, the word of God. So when we start getting to the word of God, not our truth, but his truth, his unshakable truth, his word becomes part of us. His word becomes flesh and it starts to dwell, you know. And all of a sudden, you're reading and you're walking around and you're like a warrior. And on top of that, you have so much love. You're not, you're, you don't turn into this. I want to clarify myself. You don't just turn to this warrior like walking around like, hey, get out of my way. No, you, it's the opposite. You're so alert, you come up and God is like, you come up and you tell that man, you know, he lo God loves him. And he, why don't you do something for him nice, you know, things like that. <laughs> so, um, God is making you into a warrior, a special agent. God wants to do some cool things here, guys. And he's already begun an amazing thing. You know that. You can feel it. <laughs> you see it. And so when God's word becomes part of us, it starts to radiate wherever we go. So we don't just get freed from Egypt, right? We occupy the promised land. Right? We occupy those promises that God has given us. You know, once we were victims, now we're victors. Once we were slaves, now we're soldiers, all right? Are we going to end it? Let's worship. Let's come up and just end it with song. I want to do a declarative ending with us <laughs> together. Um, real quick, as the worship team is coming up, deliverance must lead to dominion, all right? Just because God has saved you, this is where it begins. And removing the strong man must lead to breaking down the strongholds, okay? So if, some of, uh, if something hits you on Tuesday morning, you know, something, don't wait for deliverance. Exercise your dominion in Christ. 
Yeah? Come on. Um, but to exercise your dominion, the truth needs to be part of your identity. So let's embrace the truth of God's word. And what does his word say? Last scripture. Pull it up. I promise this is the last one. <laughs> Romans 8.37. This is what God thinks of you. We've said that a few times before. Romans 8.37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. Can we read that together? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let's stand to our feet. Come on, let's declare it one more time. Third time. To be- <laughs> no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's what the word of God thinks of you. Amen. Receive it. Exercise your authority in Christ. Amen. Amen. From slaves to soldiers. Let's worship him. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.